Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner back in Illinois. Derek Piper saw the carnage in Columbus. Is Illinois one of the most disappointing losses of the year? 72-60 as Ohio State snaps a nine-game losing streak. It wasn't 56 days like the CBS broadcast kept saying since their last win. It was 36 days. It was still a long time since Ohio State had won a game. And as you kept saying going into it, Derek, don't be the one who lets them get back and, and snap that streak, and Illinois was. So lots to talk about here, a lot of bad from this game, and, and a lot of consequences of this loss. But what was your initial impression of this loss? It's pretty discouraging when you look at the start in the Northwestern game, you get down 18 and a half and thought that that might have been a learning lesson of you got to be able to bring it every day and uh, wondered if they could ride some of that momentum of being able to come back and win that game. The fact that Indiana goes and pulls one off there in West Lafayette. So mathematically, you still had a chance at a share of the Big Ten title. Things could have got really interesting there in West Lafayette this upcoming weekend if Purdue would have lost in Madison. But even beyond that, you're talked so much about trying to get a double bye, trying to have the best possible position in the NCAA tournament. And uh, on paper, it's not a secret that, you know, this isn't a Nebraska team. This isn't, although Nebraska's been kind of feisty, this isn't some of those other teams that we've seen year in and year out at the bottom of the Big Ten. This Ohio State team has talent. They had the highest ranked recruiting class in the Big Ten coming in. Uh, Since the ball is a middle of the first round type of guy, assuming he's a good player. So, I said it. My line was they're too talented probably to go three and seventeen in the Big Ten, and you got to make sure you're not the team that that you know takes that loss. But uh, to hear Ty Rogers say, "Yeah, we overlooked them and didn't have that today," and, and just felt like we could, you know, show up and win. And uh, for Brad to talk about there's, there's a number of different things to analyze with the three point shooting. They just continue to insist on chucking a bunch of threes, and I, I was digging into some of the stats during Ohio State's losing streak. They were 323rd in the country, two-point field goal defense from January 24th through today during that nine-game losing streak. And I thought Dane could really eat in this game. He hasn't really been playable because Illinois isn't getting the ball enough. And then when he has it, he's getting blocked and not helping you defensively in his drop coverage either. So uh, it's it's that downturn of the roller coaster. It makes you – there were the flaws shown today. This offense is really – uh, it, it leaves a lot to be desired. And they're not running a whole – today they didn't run a whole lot of stuff. They didn't get the ball to the paint. They shot a bunch of threes and missed them. And now they, you know, they're 70th in the country in offensive efficiency and two, 326th in three-point shooting. 
Yeah, I think we can wave bye-bye. Obviously, we can. Uh, that is for sure. Purdue just clinched a, a share of the Big Ten title today with Northwestern losing. Illinois can't get to 13 wins, so bye-bye Big Ten title hopes. You don't have that going into the final week of the season like you did the previous three years. And, and the double bye looks like it's going to be near impossible uh, at this point. Um, barring you win your next two games. So uh, those things go out the door. But the biggest thing, Derek, and, and this has been the case all year, this team is just completely untrustworthy. If you yes. want to say they're going to lose first round of the tournament, I really can't argue with you. If you want to say they're going to make the Sweet 16, I really can't argue with you because we just haven't – we've seen both those sides of the coin a lot of times within a game, and we saw it again today to start the second half. They come out sleepy in a Sunday, which I kind of expected out of this team, and in an arena that didn't have many people there, it seems like, uh, for the first half. And – they get off to a 5 nothing lead, and then it all goes downhill. Poor shot selection, poor defense. In the second half, they, they turn it on. Brad Underwood probably lit into him again at halftime, and it's it's becoming uh, a very real thing that they just dig themselves in holes, and sometimes they can get out of it. Texas, UCLA, Northwestern, today they couldn't, right? Um, and, and it's just a – you can't keep doing that. You are not good enough offensively to keep doing that. And, and there continues to be, I think, there's a lot of factors with this. It's a young team, Derek. It's a team that hasn't been through these things together. I think that matters. Um, and it's just a team that doesn't have a lot of guys who have been leaders their, a lot of their yep. career. And, and Terrence Shannon, Matthew Meyer, Coleman Hawkins. Um, and, and then to have Danger and, and Epps go into these funks right at the wrong time, uh, it, it's really, really concerning. But it's just a completely untrustworthy team, which leads to these huge swings, this huge variance that I understand for Illini fans is just completely frustrating. Like, if this were just a solid team, you know, talent-wise, like Wisconsin, and, and you're playing for an 8-9 line like Illinois probably is right now, you kind of just chalk that up and say, okay, that's who we are. But you've seen these moments where you do look like you're a team capable of competing for a Big Ten uh, championship and you just can't sustain anything. Yeah, no, that's all really well put. I think that it was more understandable there late December and January why this team wasn't maybe on the same page or didn't have the consistency. And you just hoped that you'd get down to this is the time of year you want to be saying they're playing their best basketball. And you can't say that about Illinois right now. They had the Indiana performance at Bloomington. You know, Oddly enough, I thought that what they did in that loss was more encouraging than, than anything I've seen here of late, you know, even including the, the Northwestern comeback, which now seems uh, – I don't want to say it was a mirage or anything, but, yeah, it, it did mask what was a terrible performance there in the first half. And outside of that second-half takeover for Shannon, he's been pretty bad in the three other halves that he's played. So uh, untrustworthy is, is definitely the, the word, and it starts offensively when you don't shoot the three well at all, and yet you still take a lot of them. When you have guys like, you know, Myers is going to do what he does. He's going to you know put up his clips. But I, I didn't like the fact that almost every one of his field goal attempts is a three. When, I, when he's been at his best, he's been able to take the ball off the bounce as well and, and kind of balance that. Um, Epps here, his struggles, and he's one of those guys that's been pulling up from three and not making them. And uh, his struggles are concerning. Dane to, to play like that uh, and, and just – I know Brad mentioned lacking a nastiness, a grit, that they need to get it back out of Dane. That, that's not good to see. So, uh, yeah, we've seen the upside to where if they are now going to be an eight, nine line type of team, which I know that Brad Evans, our friend, said an eight seed after this loss. Um, 
you got to go through a one seed to get to the Sweet 16. Can they yeah. play up to that? Like we, we talked about in the last pod, like they might be, you know, they had the upside to where a, a one seed might see them be like, well, this team, if they're at their best, kind of is like a one or a two seed. Maybe not a one seed, maybe a two seed. But then they have the, the, the bottom, the floor of a team that, you know, Ohio State's not going to the tournament. Obviously, there's that as well. So uh, I, I think that there is still that they could do this or they could do this. But, you know, let's be honest, I think that the, the likelihood of them, you know, having a dud or, you know, being one win and then out is, is far more likely than stringing yeah. things together because what you need to, to get to that Sweet 16 Elite Eight is stacking wins and having some form of consistency, and this team doesn't have that. Yeah, three and four in February, right? After a great January where seven, seven of eight, I think they won. Uh, they go three and four uh, in January with a couple really disappointing losses. Let's bring up the offense. Illinois shoots 29 three-pointers, makes six of them. They are now dead last in the Big Ten during conference play in three-point shooting at 29%, Derek. Um, and they keep shooting them. They keep chucking them. They're fourth most uh, in three-point attempt rate in the Big Ten, despite being the worst three-point shooting team. It's an amazing stat, and, and it's been this way for a while with this team. Meyer, I'm, I'm okay with him shooting threes, like because he has 38% of their made threes during conference play. It's absurd for one player to have that. Uh, but Sincere Harris cannot shoot three, three threes in this game. Um, Jaden Epps, after making that one, Felt like a huge moment. Brad Underwood calls the play for him. He's got Coleman Hawkins one-on-one -on, -one on a post-up with Bruce Thornton on him. You got to get the ball to him, but he chucks it up. He goes one for six today. Terrence Shannon, no consistency from three. 0 for three today. Uh, Lou Goody expected him to have some struggles coming back, right? And he's now two for nine from three since returning from his injury. And R.J. Melendez didn't even attempt one today. Um, what what adjustments need to be fixed here, Derek? Whether it's Brad Underwood calling something different or just players making different decisions? I think it is, as a player, I mean, how these shots are coming without getting the ball inside and there's just kind of that that mentality of we can take kind of whatever shot we want. And early in the shot clock, not only is this a bad three-point shooting team on the whole, but it's one that a lot of these shots are, you know, step back threes or early in the clock threes contested. And uh, the, the timeliness of them as well, when Illinois is trying to like cut into the lead or get something going themselves, then all of a sudden, you know, Jaden takes that, that bad three after making one. And it, it was essentially a turnover because it's a long rebound. Ohio State secured it. And then Bryce Sensabaugh dunks all over Matthew Meyer. Yeah, had another had the, one. The sincere Harris one. They're, yeah. they're, they're down four at that point. You need your best shot. It is not you, Sincere. Like, one thing I like about him is usually knows who he is. He didn't know yep. who he was today. I mean, he's he's a guy that's two for 14 from three in Big Ten play after today. So, um, Coleman got saved on one. Like, Coleman, we've seen him take some long threes, and Ty got fouled on a rebound attempt, and it kind of bailed out that. But would have been a an early three that ends a possession. And when you're trying to come back like that, you got to – value everyone get the most quality of shots so uh brad has to continue to drill it in his team's head he said even i'm you know i've never been a guy to tell people not to shoot but might have to start doing that and we'll we'll see what that ultimately looks like but uh i think it is mostly on the players um offensively you can you can certainly blame brad for some of the some of the times where things just seem to be a little too freelance and maybe a, a little 
less structured and, and when know, they get away from it. You know what is a fair criticism of Brad? Would be the roster construction. Right? We, it, yeah. we, we talked about this coming into the season is you have freshman guards and one isn't there. One guy who's supposed to be a huge part for you, Sky Clark, isn't there. Now, Brad can't predict that. But Jaden Epps is going to have ups and downs and swings, and he seems to be battling it bigger than ever right now, especially mentally or whatever is going on with him. Uh, the last couple games he's not been himself. But you are so reliant on him and then Terrence Shannon, who hasn't done this a lot and is not the best ball handler. I think he's improved that greatly. But uh, his efficiency around the rim hasn't been all that great. Got blocked a couple times today. Um, that's kind of where this roster struggles a little bit. You saw Bruce Thornton and Bryce Sensabaugh, guys who can get downhill, get to the bucket, and then it just creates offensive rebound opportunities for guys like Coleman Hawkins or Ty Rogers. When you're chucking up those threes or don't have guys who can get to the rim, um, that becomes an issue. You're not getting easy buckets. Yeah, no, that's entirely fair. And we did talk a lot during the summer about not having a, a veteran point guard, guys that can make others around him better, that can get into the lane, he can run offense through. Um, Shannon, you know, to, to not only have the shooting inefficiency, but also the turnovers. I mean, he's – and that's kind of where the book on this Illinois offense is, is pretty easy, I think, especially for teams that if you run into one, that you know, SEC squad that's really athletic – and, you know, the kid make it tough on Terrence. Like, that was the thing about Northwestern is he was just so athletic, athletically overwhelming for them that you know, he was able to, to do what he wanted even when they knew what was coming. So, uh, obviously, not to take away from him when he's making threes, he's really hard to guard like we talked about. But that's kind of what you worry about is teams that have athleticism to make it tough to get to the rim. And then if you force Illinois to shoot threes, I mean, odds are that you're going to be just fine and they're not going to be able to do enough there. So, uh, there is that youth sprinkled in, uh, and there's also, uh, as far as yeah, playmaking is something that is, is lacking as well. So, uh, and then when you can't throw it to, to Dane in the post, whether it's him not being effective or you just not doing it enough, that's uh, that's another issue as well. What do you think is behind this with with Apps and Danger? Danger the last four games under 100 O rating. Uh, a lot of that's he's shooting 50%, which isn't great for a big man. And then the turnovers. He didn't have any turnovers today, but uh, just when they got it to him, they, they weren't able to create anything. And that was a quick trigger for Brad because he got Ty Rogers in there, and right now their best lineup uh, is with Ty Rogers and Coleman Hawkins playing with each other. I don't think his energy was very good, and I, I think you could probably say the same thing about Northwestern when you look at the rebounding when he only has one board and – about nine minutes when he's in the game. As far as offensively goes, we know that Northwestern game, he was over-dribbling, loose with it, and in the post-trap, he, he was terrible against that. Uh, today, I didn't feel like they did a good job of getting it to him early. Uh, I thought that that you know, was the, the biggest thing that stood out to me as far as the matchup goes. Like, Akpara in their lineup, he's a shot blocker, but still like has been someone that, number one, he's 220 versus Dane's like 260, 270 thought he could bully him a little bit and he's also fouled at a pretty high rate and they're, they're really thin up front uh, and then there were other times where he had likely on him likely six five and Dane six nine so uh, but when he did get it he got a shot blocked one time it doesn't seem like he's playing with a lot of confidence that's which uh, has been something that he's never really lacked throughout the season but there have been times where he's just kind of put his head down and uh, obviously I think sitting on the bench has been something you know that might get to you a little bit too and uh, with Jaden's a freshman I'm not you know, selling any Jaden Epps stock, but uh, I, yeah, he's it's just there's he's a got, lot of pressure on him. 
right? And it's not it's not his fault that he's the only league guard, real league guard on this roster. Uh, it's unfair, but they need him. They need him to play well, and we know guard play in March is really important, and, and these have been two of his more subpar games here recently. Mm-hmm. But they need to get him back on track, so I was happy yes. Brad stuck with him, called a play. I thought that was smart, but you're going to get the highs and lows of a freshman with him. Right, and – you know, people have been going at him a little bit defensively, like Bowie, obviously. Uh, Thornton got going early against him. Uh, and then I think there have been times where he just settles too much for that, that three ball. And they're, well, Brad's told him to be aggressive, to shoot it, to, you know, play your game, don't worry about running offense. I think there's times where he, he doesn't run offense and he just, you know, takes a pull up three. Or uh, I have less of a problem if he decides, you know, forget what the play says. I'm just going to go downhill and see what happens because he, he tends to, to make good on those drives, but he was 0 for 4, you know, within the arc today, and then 1 for 6 from 3, or I should say 2 for 4 inside the arc and and 1 for 6 from 3. There's times where he just kind of settles. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, Derek, uh, coming up next, it's a big one against Michigan, feels like, for this team. Um, I'll check the Michigan score here in a second, but... Playing a big game against Wisconsin at home. Last I saw, they were winning that game. Uh, they're battling for their NCAA tournament lives. They're very talented with one of the best big men in the country. Not the most favorite by Illini fans in, in Hunter Dickinson, but Kobe Bufkin is playing like a future NBA first-round draft pick, whether that's this year or next year. And, and we know Jet Howard, who's out today, uh, is a potential top-20 pick as well in the upcoming draft. And if he comes back for another year, that'd be insane for Michigan. But uh, that's going to be a huge test. For, for this team, uh, they need a good win, uh, you know, and, and it's going to be tough at Mackey against Purdue uh, on Sunday. But I know, does it change much seating lines? Is Michigan's a quad two opponent at home right now? I don't know, but it's got to they got to play better basketball for an entire game. Yeah, it's, it's all about trying to play your best basketball, turning in the right direction. Uh, it'll be March by the time you're playing those games, and uh, to give yourself an outside chance to be able to maybe still steal one of those double buys if you're able to to beat Michigan and then you got to go probably got to go win at Purdue to, to get that done just give yourself a, a chance at doing that but and you also are getting back to playing one of the best bigs in in the Big Ten now Illinois obviously did a lot better job on Trace that Trace still had 26 and 12 there in Bloomington but made it a lot more difficult on Illinois or on him versus the time they played there in Champaign so uh the first time and, and maybe the only time we'll see Hunter Dickinson play in Champaign. I think that would be fun for the fans to experience and uh, see what you can do. But like you said, I mean, they're very talented. Bufkin is now on draft boards and 
Uh, obviously, Jet's been a, a middle of the first round pick, pretty much projected throughout the entirety of this season. So, uh, one where you got to have the energy, uh, you got to be able to to try to get this thing to come together, and and it does start with fixing things offensively. Well, really, you know, it starts with the mentality and, and coming out. You know, Brad said a couple of times we didn't have the bite today. You said it after Penn State. You said it after Northwestern, and as far as the first half, said it after today. That's uh, a chemistry, culture, leadership type thing that you got to be able to establish. But uh, they also got to figure some things out offensively because they've they've kind of been uh, pretty shaky there. Yeah, I get every frustration of this team, but man, the YouTube chat right now is 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 uh, a little insane to me. Um, you know, the Brad Underwood conversation. Listen, you can have your gripes about him. We've discussed some of these things. Uh, the guy is the most winningest coach in the Big Ten the last four years. Illinois is one win away from a 20-win season for a fourth straight year. They're going to make the NCAA tournament. Uh, I've seen NIT talk here. Now, you'd love another win just to guarantee you're not in the bubble conversation, but they are so far away from that bubble conversation still this feels like 2013 when Illinois fans thought they were on the bubble and they end up a seven seed. Like Illinois is going to be in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I think Brad Underwood's a pretty good coach, but this team is frustrating, Derek. I, I I get all of that frustration, and it's it's a roster that does feel like it is not as good as the sum of its parts. If that makes sense, you know what I mean. Like it's talented, and but we keep saying that, and they might finish ten and ten or eleven and nine in the Big Ten. Yeah, no, I think that they might be, you know, you, you'd hope they weren't going to be at like kind of like Michigan last year, yeah. where on the whole, their season's been more consistent, a higher win total in the Big Ten than what we saw out of that Michigan team last year. And you didn't have to go through January where every opposing arena you went in was chanting NIT at you. But uh, still, it's it's started to get down, down the stretch where you're not stringing things together like you had hoped. And there is still that roller coaster nature, and you hope that you would have been able to figure that out. And then, yeah, the, the talent on there, if you're going to, again, we kind of come back to it like Hawkins is a projected draft pick, Shannon's a projected draft pick, Myers got a chance to be a draft. You got three potential NBA guys, and then you got some talented freshmen. You would hope that that would, would be resulting in, in a, higher, uh, a higher degree of, of production and just kind of collective. Uh, display but it's not there and uh we could have the kind of maybe the doomsday conversation they lose at home to michigan then yeah. you got to go to purdue and in, in a game that you wouldn't be thought of to 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 win and what happens if they lose to michigan then they lose to purdue and then there's a lot maybe a but lot like, of pressure on that big 10 tournament game but here's the thing they'd be all right if they if they lose out okay let's have that conversation 19 and 13 Right with wins yeah. over UCLA and Texas are yes, and those were huge comebacks. Is it fool's gold? Maybe, but they happened, and this team is capable of doing that. The thing against Northwestern, uh, somebody compared it in our chat to the Lovey Smith year. Uh, you know where they they have these huge comebacks that that seem like fool. That's fine, but they still happened, like, so yeah. that you still get credit for them. Um, but does that give you concern going into the tournament? Absolutely, but. Even at nineteen and thirteen, with those wins and no bad losses, like today, still not on the resume a bad loss. Um, it's still a tournament team, whether it's yeah. an eleven seed or whatever. But they, they'd still get in the tournament. So um, even that doomsday conversation, they've done enough already no, you're right. to, to to get in the tournament. But will they do anything in there? 
Uh, I again untrustworthy. I, I if you're filling out your bracket, I'm probably not putting Illinois in, in the Sweet 16, especially with a harder draw that they're going to get due to these losses. Right. And, yeah, we had the conversation after the Northwestern win that they'd probably secured their their tournament berth. And I don't, I don't think anybody doing bracketology, you know, they're, they're nowhere on the Listen, last Wisconsin, four in line Wisconsin or anything like that. Wisconsin is in, right? Like, yeah. That's 52 to 51. We're talking Michigan over – like, Wisconsin. North Carolina right now is, is kind of – are they in now? I think they're firmly in, right? Or yeah. Kentucky's way firmly in. Like, uh, I don't know if North Carolina's firmly in, but um, – yeah, the bubble is insanely weak, and Illinois exactly. has got got a way better resume than those. So that conversation, like, we just need to stop. Like, but the fact that you're losing these games, we've talked about it consistently. Two years ago, uh, just put this fan base on edge because it's about can we get to the second weekend of the tournament? And this team, more and more as we see them go through February, gives you more and more doubts that they can be that team to do it. But again, you get in, you never know. You never know, but you do need to set yourself up for the best possible yep. path. And, and if you do take some more losses, especially at home against Michigan, and don't put a couple together in the Big Ten tournament, then maybe you're in are you in the playing game. Or you, if you're at 11, maybe you're playing in Dayton. Make that even more tough. Or or if you're still just like a 10 and you got to go through a, a team higher seated than you or lower or whatever. Would I you rather be a 10 or a 9, than Derek? What's that? Would you rather be a 10 or a 9? Uh, 10, I think. <laughs> 10. The 1s are a lot better than the 2s, uh, I believe. 2s yeah. still aren't easy, but yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, but I, I get the frustration. Um, just just don't ride off the cliff with a, a four straight year of, of the NCAA tournament. Uh, just too many years of covering really, really bad teams, Derek, that I just think this is a very yeah. mediocre Big Ten team. And, yeah. and, uh, and I get it. It's a, it's a, a bad it was a good conference slate this year, and have you fully taken advantage of it? No, no. Uh, and it's because, again, it's a team that's come together, a uh, bunch of new pieces, team guys you thought needed to take steps forward, haven't taken as big of a step forward as you hoped. I think Coleman Hawkins had a good year, not a great year. R.J. Melendez obviously has not lived up to what you hoped he would be. Sky Clark is not on the team right now. Um, and then you got a bunch of freshmen like the transfers, I think, for the most part have, but there's inconsistency with that as those guys figure out new roles. So, uh, yeah, I don't have as many full-blown, like, jump off the the ledge as some of our people commenting here, and I, I get it. It's frustrating, but um, we'll see what happens the next week, and, and then maybe we can jump off the ledge. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, I hope not, but, yeah. It's possible we'll get to that point, but yeah, no. As far as the because this was a re, this, this was a retooling year, right? It was, and you're going to make the tournament. Yeah, uh, you're just not as good as you thought you'd be. Correct. Uh, I, I just think the again the roster on paper yeah. to be able to go get Meyer and Shannon, um, you you would hope that there would have been – I mean, there was a lot of talk of the ceiling. You know, did Illinois have the highest ceiling in the Big Ten? We talked, you know, Indiana, because of their returners, probably had the, the best floor. They were the most realistic pick. Obviously, Purdue surprised us all and, and had Hood the year – Hood Shafino is giving them that highest ceiling right now, and Illinois does not have a Hood Shafino. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so, for Illinois not to – I mean, we have seen the ceiling, but it, it has been a while since the Texas and UCLA games. And – 
you'd, you'd be just, just disappointed if it's a one and done in the tournament uh, or even even a two and done and just kind of extend out that that lack of, of making it to the second weekend. And then there was all the conversation of, well, this team is better built for March and maybe, maybe they're not. Um, when you don't shoot better than 30, 33% from three, that's, yeah. that's a tough thing, but uh, we'll have to see it play out. But I, I totally get the people who are pessimistic and say, hey, if you think you're going to see this team play in the second weekend, you're crazy. I, yeah, I can't, I can't argue with that for the most part, other than, yeah, we've seen the potential, but to have them stack it up or or do it down the stretch, I, I don't know. I'm going to let you respond to this one. Okay with 19 and 13, what a little bar. Hard to hear that shake in my head. That's from Mark. I mean, again, I get it. I get it. But, yeah, tr- like you said, it it was a transition year. And I'm not trying to I'm excuse saying, yeah, I, here. Well, Here's the thing. I, I'm not even trying to say be happy about yeah. – what is ha- like a 19 and 10 record right now. And, and, but I think, I do think we need to have perspective of it all too, of, of what this team is, how much they're replacing. Um, this is a bad loss today. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's probably one of the most frustrating losses of the season, to be honest with you, outside of Missouri. Yes. Um, so I, I, I get all the frustration, but, you just went through seven straight years and not making the NCAA tournament. So if this is yeah. the if this is the down year, that's not bad. That's all I'm saying. It's not that bad. I agree, and it is. If it comes down to you got a dice roll in the tournament, which sometimes that's all it takes, as you get in and you do have talent like UCLA did, uh, obviously two years ago when they went from the play into the Final Four. Or, North Carolina last year didn't have the best of regular seasons and their talent, you know, were able to, to shine. I'm not saying that Illinois is going to go on that type of run. I have no expectation of that. I would no. I would totally expect a, a, a shortened stint that um, if I had to predict, I wouldn't say we're covering a team in, in the second weekend. We're but uh, you never know. I want to go to Vegas. I, I want to too. <laughs> but uh, I, I think something else that it, some people may not – you know, be as excited about transition years because you're going to have another one coming up because yeah. potentially because yeah. you lose Matthew Meyer, you lose Terrence Shannon, you might lose Coleman Hawkins. You're back in a similar situation where you got to go portal hunting and does the cycle repeat itself. Now guys like Epps, if you can Epps, Rogers, Harris, keep that trio together, RJ, we'll see what happens with him. Like then you're a little bit older and you can have some of that play out, but that, that's no. part of the situation now is, if you're going to hunt in the portal for some one-year guys, then you're continuously in transition years, so to speak, at least as far as your yes. roster goes. No, I, I think you're hitting on one of the biggest things of the offseason is retention. I, I think retention is huge because, you know, there's so much – I get the conversations about Brandon Pajimski. I get the conversations about all of this. But, like, I think keeping – like, if you can get Coleman Hawkins back for another year would be massive – getting R.J. Melendez, getting all these freshmen back, getting Dane Danger back, all that would be really important because then you're building on top of it. It's the same thing Illinois football is going through right now, Derek, to keep all that talent I think is so important you're not reteaching things. You have culture that is building. It's what happened with Brad Underwood, with Trent Frazier, DeMonte Williams, Io DeSumo, Kofi Coburn. After all that talent, yes, that's really important, but also just to keep those guys together – uh, I think there's so much value in that. So, yes, that is going to be one of the biggest things of the offseason. And, yes, I would understand why that would make people fret. Because if you lose guys to the transfer portal, 
um, important guys, you could be going through another huge transition and maybe it's a lower bar after that. Yeah. And that is what you got to hope for guys that you want to keep. You need to be able to keep, um, you know, the note about pods, you know, pods left on his own, you know, they didn't push him out. He, he had to compete for everything. They did bring in guys. Would you trade Shannon for pods? You trade Meyer for pods. Uh, yeah, they brought sincere Harrison, but, if Pods wanted to compete with Sincere Harris and be a role player, he could have been. Would any of those fans saying that right now have said, I'd rather, in, in April, have said, I'd rather have Brandon Podjemski for a second year than Sky Clark? No. Nobody then would have said that. Right. No, definitely In not. hindsight, sure. It's easy yeah. to say that. <laughs> right. But, no, you, you wouldn't uh, have said that then. But, yeah, like, Epps, obviously you want back. Rogers, Harris, you need to keep that together. Uh, Dane still has two years, like, and we'll see what happens with Coleman. Coleman's going to have an interesting decision to make because, yeah. you know, it's one of those. I think there are obviously people still high on him, and I think there's probably some at the next level that he might be a little bit of a of polarizing guy. He's obviously a polarizing figure here at Illinois in terms of how people look at him. But um, another year could be good for his development, and obviously Illinois could use that. So, um, But still, I mean, it's a, it's a really bad loss. I'm kind of with you now, you know, Joey and I are talking, you, you kind of brought up the, let's just get to March Madness and figure <laughs> just, this thing out. Just get to March 12th and figure that that's been my entire take for a month here, Derek. I, I think that they could really use, you know, uh, a win or two to boost that starting position in the tournament. Yeah. But um, I'm with you. Let's just see what happens. But right now, I mean, Brad is, Brad's displeased. Yeah. You, you know, he's saying I'm, I got to find five guys that I can trust to go out there and play hard and, and that's, be what, what what we want and to do the right things. and That's concerning in March. Yeah, it, that's he, really concerning in March. He's frustrated, and I get you know, the fan base is as well. Yeah, so right now you'd probably be playing 7-10 game in the Big Ten tournament, Derek, and you know who you'd be playing? Penn State. Penn State. <laughs> oh, that's who you want to avoid uh, in the Big Ten tournament. I, I think a good goal for this team would get to a seven seed in the NCAA tournament. I think if you yeah. get to a seven seed, you feel better about yourself. That's probably going to take two more wins. Uh, I think Michigan would be one of those. If you beat Purdue, all of a sudden, maybe you're feeling a lot better about yourself. Uh, but I think that's a, a good goal for this team moving forward. Um, we'll see if they can do it. Uh, I, I don't trust them to do it, but we, we will see. All right, for Derek Piper out in Columbus, appreciate you, man. Thanks to you and Joey. I know you guys got a bunch of content coming up. I got player grades almost done. I'll have that up here very shortly. Thanks to all of you on the YouTube channel. Understand you're frustrated. Saw all your comments. Um, didn't want to comment on a lot of them because a lot of them, some of them were over the top, but others, I get, I get the frustration right now with this team. But give us a like, subscribe to us on YouTube. We appreciate you guys. Uh, also, follow us wherever you get your podcasts and check out Alina Inquire for all the latest. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you next time on the Alina Inquire podcast. Bye, everybody. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.